Looking for new threads? Well, we've got you covered at the Music Is Live podcast official merch store over at tpublic.com. Whether it's t-shirts, baseball tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, travel mugs, phone cases, or onesies for your infant rockers and metalheads, you can find everything you're looking for over at the Music Is Live podcast merch store at tpublic. Go to my link tree at l-i-n-k-a-t-r dot e-e forward slash Music Is Live podcast and get your merch today. Buy my stuff and thanks for your support. TerraNut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Go to their website, www.terranut.com. You can order from them directly, and they will ship it to you. Use my coupon code, LUMAVS, and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. TerraNut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code, LUMAVS, at checkout. Fuel your life. You're listening to the Music Is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. God, I'm bored. Might as well be listening to Genesis. Shut your filthy hoes, you little bastard! Music is Live podcast. This is your host, Lou Maps. Check out everything you need to know about the show over at musicislivepodcast.com. I am very happy to say that I'm joined by a special guest. She is going to be heard soon on the Rat Side Review Network with her podcast, which is entitled Just the Cheese, Please. I love it. <laughs> where they're talking about homages to 80s films and some of the cheesier aspects, which is all the good aspects. And Absolutely. I can't wait to possibly come on and talk some trauma knowledge with her because, as everyone knows, I love B-movies, especially from the 80s. Even Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but I don't talk about that one because I don't like clowns. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but I'm so happy to have on my show from the Just the Cheese, Please podcast, soon to be heard on the Ratside Review Network, my dear, dear friend of... I never say a lady's age, but we've been friends that long. But <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. Just say it. It's awesome. We've been friends for 20 freaking years, and we're still friends to this day, years. and I love her for it. Miss <laughs> Tara J in the house. Tara, hello. Welcome. Yeah, woman. Hi. I'm so excited and a little nervous to be here, I have to say. <laughs> nervous? It's me. <laughs> I know, but, you know, I'm just. I, but I am. I'm really excited. I'm ready to have a, a really good time and uh, talk about Genesis. You know, I mean, let's do this. That is right. We are here today to talk about our top 10 favorite Genesis songs. I also wanted to sort of be the bridge between Tara and her podcast with others on the Outside Review Network. So I thought I'd bring her on board to talk about it so tara please talk to me about just the cheese please you oh. have a co-host adam go ahead and tell the world about it go ahead well um i first of all i want to say i really appreciate that thank you well when i first said i would come on the show i did not expect anything like that so i really really do appreciate it so thank you Liz. that was very sweet we are really just kind of like you know a a janky basement um <laughs> podcast that a friend my best friend of many many years since high school uh, adam and i have well, it was really his idea. And he wanted, he didn't want to do a podcast with me forever. And I kept saying no. And then kind of, you know, the pandemic hit and I was like, well, I mean, here we are with not a lot to do. So let's just go for it. And um, we, we were going to either do music or movies. And we decided on um, cheesy 80s movies. That was our, because we, we both love them. 
we have a lot of, you know, a lot of us have a connection with them just from childhood. So uh, we decided to do that. And it's really just fun. It's not mean spirited or, you know, we don't make fun, but we definitely have a good time kind of poking at the silliness of the, you know, of that era and like a lot of movies that came out then. So um, we did go on a hiatus for about seven months because he was away and he was kind of, you know, traveling around and um, I had some things going on. So we are officially going to start again this month on Friday will be our next one. So, um, you know, hopefully look forward to some really like some fun new content and that's about it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, a, it's just a really fun time. Just two friends kind of shooting the shit. Oh, wait. That? You can curse. It's okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. You know, just talking about, um, you know, just talking about cheesy movies. And I guess cheesy is sort of in the eye of the, the beholder, but it's what we decide is cheesy. So take it or leave it. You know, that's how it is. And again, I emphasize there's absolutely nothing wrong with cheesy. If you saw my DVD collection, you'd be like, does he have anything from the Criterion collection? And the short <laughs> answer, no, I don't. <laughs> I might have to actually tap into you for some ideas, you know, like not that there, I mean, there really is kind of an endless amount of cheesy movies if you think about it. I mean, we do have, the only criteria we have is that it has to be from the 80s. So it's got to be 80 to 89. It can't be anything after, after or before that. But I'm sure you could probably help. I mean, I might have to, you know, look at that collection. <laughs> Great. I'm hired. I'm now there. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm now the official of... Uh... Records keeper person thingy guy. <laughs> There's just one request. Please don't ever talk about the adventures of Milo and Otis. Oh, no, 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 no. I will not. Oh, first of all, I know what happened on that set. And yes. I 17 never... cats, Tara. 17 cats. We, we don't talk about that in my house. <laughs> no, thank God. It is absolutely awful. And no, there's no way we would ever do that. It's terrible. No, I agree. No, no, no Milo and Otis for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm a dog person by nature, but I have nothing against cats. The only problem is I, I, I'm allergic to them, so I can't be around them too long. But I do love cats. Cats' lives matter. Is that too soon? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It, it, yeah. Fuck the makers of Milo Notice. Anyways. <laughs> I agree. 100%. That's awesome. I can't wait. I listened to a couple of your episodes. I listened to the uh, Zapped one. And, and I tell you, like... I wanted to listen to the Zap one because I'm like, my God, I know I watched this film a long time ago. I was a Charles in Charge fan growing up. So, of course, you know, Scott Bayo and Willie Ames being in it. You know, I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, my God, I remember all these things. And yeah, it wasn't a good movie, but definitely no. worth talking about. That's what I was like. I kind of remember this movie very vaguely. It wasn't good. No, not by any stretch. But it's definitely a movie where you're like. Now, I, I would, I'm hoping that people would want to watch it afterwards just because of the way that we talked about it. Because it was just, I mean, it's such a ridiculous movie. And I mean, I, I don't know, it was pretty fun. But also one thing to note is that um, when we first started, I was using the audio from my computer because I'm, like I said, I was not a podcast person. I really didn't know what this entailed. So until I got a microphone, um, it really, the audio sounds kind of like I'm underwater. So <laughs> it's not the greatest, but, you know, we decided to just put it out there anyway, because like I said, it's just it's just fun. It was just like a hobby for us. Nothing wrong with that. And hey, look, the more experience, the more exposure, the more easier it becomes. You know, you sort of like differentiate on what to use and whatever. I mean, look, OK, full disclosure. This is a black background I have behind me. I love it. This is my house I'm in behind my, me. So I'm in my den and there's a China cabinet behind me with China from <laughs> my wedding day, which I don't feel like showing. If you want to see it, look at old episodes. Look to my right over here is a halogen light and there's our diplomas. Okay. <laughs> I'm using a $20 mic from Amazon. Hi. St. John's in the house. And I'm wearing gloves because, okay, look, I have a three-year-old. Okay. I love my daughter very much, but let's face it. Tara's a teacher. She knows kids are walking Petri dishes. Okay. Uh, that's exactly what I call them too. I use that exact term. I'm like, they are literally walking Petri dishes. That is exactly right. Oh my goodness. So I still, I mean, I wear my mask in school, even though we're not required to, I don't care. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like getting sick. Sorry. I hear you. But yeah, I got sick. So guess what? I have these gloves on for you people. <laughs> You're welcome. Please. We thank you. <laughs> Unless you want to see. Uh... No, just kidding. <laughs> Tara and I go way back to our days at St. John's University. We met fourth floor Marillac. 
Um, <laughs> the memory, the memories. Sorry. You were in film club. We were both in TV club and I was in radio and we were both in chapel players where we both became, well, co-workers because we were the sound crew for Bye Bye Birdie. And I got to know you so well. It was one of the highlights of my senior year. And let me just tell you how much this woman's awesome. For my 21st Uh birthday, my mom was in the hospital. She had to get her gallbladder removed. And they found cancerous polyps in the gallbladder. And they removed it. My mom's okay. It's 20 years later. She's still here. And Tara went to the newfound glory h2o concert and oh man (laughs) this was my 21st birthday and she bought me an h2o jacket which i still have to this day i love that you still have that that actually makes me happy i mean i was i didn't care i I knew you wanted to be there and you were you know and it wasn't even a thought i was like he's gonna love this i don't care like i'm getting it for him and i was so happy you know to do it but i'm just i love that you still have that that is so awesome that you still have that jacket that really is i wanted to give this woman my first child that's how much i love her i mean she is wonderful (laughs) stop that silly Oh, shucks. Go, do go on. No, don't go on. <laughs> <laughs> to the day I die, I love you forever, my friend. Thank you for oh, that. I love I mean, you, really. too. It's, it's so nice to actually see your face and not just, like, talk on, you know, through social media. Definitely. And I think we're going to be uh, talking a lot more now that you're on Music is Life podcast, and I can't wait to be on Just the Cheese, please. And just so you, I can say, Just the be. Cheese, please. Isn't that great? <laughs> Everybody loves pizza. So, you know, cheese is good. Cheese is the best. In all, anyway, no matter how you how how you slice it, no pun intended. Cheese, <laughs> cheese is the best. I agree. Uh, Monterey Jack, good stuff. And I'm not talking about the little <laughs> uh, mousy guy from uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, or am I? <laughs> I can go full '80s cheese too, Tara. Don't worry. I know you can, and I'm I'm excited. You are you're definitely going to be on for sure. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, I better make sure I keep it G-rated. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not on our podcast. <laughs> I like it already. Anyways, <laughs> so we are here today to talk about our 10 favorite Genesis albums. Let me rephrase. Oh, that. you just scared me, Lou. Sorry. <laughs> you just scared Take the crap two. out of me just now. <laughs> Take two. We're here today to talk about our 10 favorite Genesis songs. Now, the reason why we're bringing this up is because right now, Phil Collins, Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford are on their last Domino tour, which for all intents and purposes might be the last time that they go around the world touring, which, you know, is is sad because it's proof of mortality and it's proof that you don't know what you got till it's gone. funny story 14 years ago the police and genesis both reunited this is summer 2007 i asked my wife who would you rather see uh, this is what we were engaged at the point i asked her who would you rather see uh the police or genesis and she actually said the police because chances are they'll break up or kill each other before genesis does wow we were both wrong <laughs> <laughs> genesis's tour ended up ending before the police announced that they were doing a second leg, which reached out until the next year. I said to myself, great, I'm never going to see Genesis, just like I'll never see Van Halen. Well, last Friday, I got to see the last Domino tour at the UBS Arena at uh, Elmont, which Phil Collins kept calling us Elwood. I'm like, no, Phil, that, that's in Jersey. We're in New York. But. He gets a pass. <laughs> he gets a pass because he's Phil Collins. The man rode in the air tonight. Exactly. I'm not going to knock him. <laughs> Tara, I kid you not, such an amazing concert. I actually posted videos of it on my channel. You have videos. So I saw that you had gone and I was like, that's, I was definitely was a little jealous of that. That was probably amazing. And I have to say, I was surprised that I knew, I looked up the set list for that night at the US, what was it? The the arena? The UBS arena. It's brand new. Yeah. It's a new one. Yeah. And I looked it up and I was like, I was surprised to 
know quite a few of those songs. I was impressed. I was like, wow, I actually know a lot of these. And we'll, we'll get into that later about why. But um, it seemed like it was a really good show. It was really good. And I've heard that, you know, Phil, you know, it's, it's probably his last time he's ever going to tour. And that's pretty awesome that you got to see it. Yeah, what was even crazier was the fact that his son, Nick, is drumming for them. And I, I tell you, spot on, just like his dad, but better. Like, wow. there are things that Nick does that Phil never did. And that's not a knock on Phil Collins as a drummer. I've always thought he was one of the best. I mean, when you have the respect of Neil Peart of Rush, who, in my opinion, is the best drummer that ever lived, then you know you I have someone that. special. <laughs> What's that? I remember you loving Rush for sure. Still do. I like, wait, when, I, when I think of you, honestly, that's the first thing that I think of. It, it really? Is the first thing. Absolutely. I, not the first thing, but the first, if I'm talking about music, it is the first band that comes to mind when I think of, when I think of you. Absolutely. Probably. Well, you know, I mean, uh, a, a youth of uh, science, science fiction and Lord of the Rings. Of course, I'd be a Rush fan. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I haven't changed much. I mean, look, I host the metal podcast and wearing a Groucho Marx shirt. What does that tell you? <laughs> it tells you that you're still as awesome as you always were. If I could practice polygamy, I would right now. I swear to God, people, <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, man, don't do not do that. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm wearing her down. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, when did you discover Genesis? When did you become a fan? Honestly, I really was a fan of Phil Collins, mostly growing up. Well, I was a kid, so it was the 80s, and I was like a child. But my parents were very into music, and they had a record player, and they had a bunch of Phil Collins albums. They also had some Genesis albums. And for me, in my brain, it was hard to you know, distinguish between when Phil Collins was on his own and when Genesis was kind of in the eight, like when they were started, like you know, in the eighties, doing more stuff. It sounds like Phil Collins solo. Um, but I have to say, probably since I was a kid, honestly, I love, I I love the music. It has a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, I just picture me driving in the car with my mom, or my mom having friends over, listening to the the records, and me kind of sitting there with them. It's just, it really has like a very special place in my heart. While I don't know a lot of Genesis. Um, and I will be honest, I'm not, I don't know much about like from the, from the 70s, but um, I have sort of, you know, gone on a little journey and discovered some things that I actually do enjoy. But uh, it's really like, I mean, it's just, it really is nostalgia for me, honestly. It's just, it makes me think of my childhood. And the songs, are, the music is great. Happy, poppy, just like, just like me. <laughs> I can concur. She's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree. I with me having two older brothers, um, you know, they got me into Genesis grow growing up. I remember my brother, Mike, God rest his soul, on cassette, on cassette, mind you. He had Duke, Abacab, The Self-Titled, and Invisible Touch. And my brother, Tony, had We Can't Dance. I'm not going to lie. I thought Genesis only had those albums. It wasn't until 1992 <laughs> when I, I, I know, I know, funny story. Now, I had already known who Phil Collins was because, you know, Miami Vice in the air tonight. You know, I mean, he was all over that show. And I knew who oh, Peter yeah. Gabriel was because of Sledgehammer. Now, in 1992, on ABC, there was a special called Genesis Opening Night. And there was a segment where they talked about the history of the band. And I'm watching and all of a sudden it's like they're showing all these old videos and all these old album covers. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's this? Who's this guy singing for Genesis? I don't know who that is. That's not Phil Collins. And the next thing you know, it says Gabriel quits Genesis. I'm like, when was Peter Gabriel? <laughs> See, it's shocking. I mean, not even like whatever that was could handle the news. That was just too much. <laughs> I'm totally leaving that in. That was hilarious. That was perfect timing. <laughs> and not the first like, time no that's way. happened. So I'm like, wait a minute. What was Peter Gabriel ever in Genesis? And then I asked my brother, Mike, who was a Genesis and a Peter Gabriel fan. I'm like, Mike, I was 11 at the time. I was like, Mike, when was Peter Gabriel in Genesis? 
He's like, he was the original singer. And I'm like, how come you never told me? And like, you know, we didn't have any of the uh, Peter Gabriel era. I had to discover it from myself and I ended up falling in love with it. And, you know, you listen to the 70s era, then you listen to the 80s era. It's you'd think it sounds like two completely different bands. But in actuality, the stuff from the 80s is really just what they were doing in the 70s, but in a pop format. I love both eras. I mean, if you ask me which one my favorite era is, I would have to say the era that Steve Hackett was the guitarist. So it would be from nursery crime up until wind and weathering. But that's not taking away anything that they did in the 80s with Phil as a lead vocalist. To me, it's the same band and I love it all all the same. I guess like we'll get into um, my my top 10 and you'll you'll see where I where my where my life lies. I really did enjoy actually exploring more of the sort of more of like experimental and more of like a prog rock, which I did not expect from Genesis. I just didn't I wasn't familiar with it because my family like we just didn't listen like that wasn't what they really listened to so I was actually really surprised but I love learning about that because it was really interesting to hear things that almost kind of sounded like ELO and you know almost had like a even like a Led Zeppelin vibe sometimes you know like it was yeah. it was so interesting like there was like these, these different these changes of of tempo that was one thing that surprised me I mean you could not dance to that music it changed tempo so many times. I was like, did anybody dance to this? And you just kind of stand there and listen to it. I, I guess not. I and mean, there was no constant rhythm. Um, it's not invisible and, touch, people. Just letting you know that. Yeah, no, it definitely not. And it was, but it was really interesting. And I actually like kind of heard, of, you know, some songs, uh, Supper's Ready. Like, what in the world? Like, it was just, it was almost like hippie-ish like there was you know all this talk I, I mean I don't even know what was going on in that song it's 20 minutes long <laughs> so, 20, 23 changed. minutes and change but who's counting yeah but it's I mean it changed um you know not only tempos but it changed the actual like the song like the actual structure of the song changed so many times so I found that to be very interesting it was it was just very it was a cool discovery for me to actually come on here and do this and, and do a little bit more research to find out a little bit more about um Old, you know, Genesis from, from the 70s. Right, very cool. I, so, I love to learn. So, so this is what we're going to do. So since Tara is our guest, I'm going to let her pick her number 10. And the way it's going to work, same way Denise and I did our top 10 Def Leppard, she'll say her number 10, then I say my number 10, number 9, back and forth, till we finally get to number 1, with also room at the end for any honorable mentions that okay. uh, we want to include. So, Ms. Tara J, you have the floor. What is your number 10 favorite Genesis song? Well, this actually came as a surprise to me after I was kind of listening because my number 10 is Man on the Corner. Good one. Because I did not like pretty much any other any other song from Abcab. I know that it's like a really, like, I know that's a thing for people I love Genesis. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. Don't, don't come at me. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's I an did, album with an acquired taste. I'll give you that. It was very a very interesting album, but I really I like that song. It was a little reminiscent of the stuff that I liked from the '80s, but different. So I have to say that like that was a very it was a good find. It was a good. I'm, I'm glad that I discovered that song. You know what it reminds me of a little bit like Ghost in the Machine era Police. It uh, yeah. really reminds yeah. me of that. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Okay, my number ten is actually the instrumental track. That closes my favorite Genesis album, Trick of the Tale, which is Los Endos. The way that they kind of interpolate Dance on a Volcano with Squonk and sort of do like this crazy drum fill. Uh, not, not, that, uh, not that Phil Collins is doing a drum fill on it, but the way he's playing drums, it's so frantic paced like jazz drumming. He is a jazz drummer. The way that it worked with Steve Hackett's guitar playing and Tony Banks's keyboards. With every live album that I've heard where Los Sendos was the closer, it just always seemed like it was the perfect closing to every Genesis concert. Unfortunately, this time around, they didn't play it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's okay, though, but, you know, Los Endos, I, you know, at least I know if I see Steve, Steve Hackett live, he'll play it. So that's my number 10, Los Endos. Number nine? Number nine is Turn It On Again. Um, Great one. Again, a, a new a kind of a new discovery for me. I feel like I might have heard it before when I was listening to it. I was like, I kind of feel like I remember this song. I do love music, and I'm, I might not be the best at uh, verbalizing why, um, just 
it because that's just who I am. But um, there's, you know, it's a certain sound. There's something that like hits me about a song and I just, I love it or I don't. And that was a song that I was like, this is a good song. And I, I feel like I remember this for some reason. It is a great song. It's one of the few Genesis tracks I hear over and over again on classic rock radio. But thankfully, <laughs> the burnout factor hasn't hit me yet. <laughs> I don't know if I hear that song very often on the radio, but I'm also, you know, down in the South. We don't, we have different radio than you guys do up there. That's right. She's in South Kakalaki. <laughs> I sure am. Gentlemen, the sooth. Less whiskey next time. My glass can't take it. If I'm in Myrtle Beach, I'll let you know. I uh, oh. d- do visit there frequently. Absolutely. And they have cheap PBR, so it's good stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My number nine is off of the Invisible Touch album. Well, it's not the only epic track I have on my list. Of course not. But it is the only epic track that is on Invisible Touch. They played it live when I saw them at the UBS Arena. And it's been on every tour since Invisible Touch. Such a killer two-part song, Domino. It's crazy. Like, Tony Banks wrote the lyrics based... I, I think I think he actually had the lyrics as far back as, like, 1982 about issues going on in Beirut, Lebanon at the time and what would happen if a nuclear bomb went off and just, you know, the things that he would see and, you know, just writing about it and not stream of consciousness format, but poetic license to explain... Right. you know his visions and i don't know just everything between the lyrics and the song structure of that great you know a very synth heavy song but i love it i do have to say just quickly um that i really did well i love genesis um sort of political um but the politicalness of it with which that they had a lot of their music that went it wasn't preachy and it wasn't obnoxious but it was like aware and I absolutely adore that about the fans. So just wanted to kind of throw that in there. I love that about them too. I, I make it a point never to discuss religion or politics on my podcast. However, when a band like Genesis takes politics and sort of twists it in the sense that, you know what, we're just talking about it. You come up with, you know, your own decision yeah. on what's right. I've always appreciated that. I've always appreciated the fact that they've left it up to the listener to decide what to think as opposed to pandering to the listener. You know, I feel like too many people do that without knowing, you know, enough of the facts and Genesis kind of like leaves their audience with enough leeway to go, Hey, this is what we think. Whatever you think is okay too, but here's a good song out of it. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Um, All right. So I guess my number eight, is that where we are now? That's right. (laughs) Number Um, eight. No son of mine. I remember seeing this video on MTV Back in 91? 91, 92, yeah. And I remember it really moving me. It made me sad. Like, I, the video made me sad. The song made me sad. But I just was like, I just loved it so much. So I had I had to put it in there. I had to put that song in there just because I remember it very well. When I listened to the song again, I was like, oh, man, you know. So it was uh, it was very moving to me. So I had to, be, I had to be on the list. You want me to drop a bombshell about that song on you? Go ahead. Ruin everything, Lou. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> go for it phil didn't write it from his own personal experience i didn't I, I didn't think he did but it was still a very moving song but no it is it is but it's crazy to think that he was able to channel that thought process without never feeling it right and it hitting a nerve of everyone who listened to it you know especially kids who grew up in an environment where their fathers could have given two shits about them. So, yeah. yeah. And again, this is why I say, you know what? People say Michael Jackson was the greatest star that came out of the 80s. Uh-uh, not for me. It's got to be Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody that doesn't like it can come and meet me afterwards and I'll fucking keep the shit out of them. Number eight for me is also off of Invisible Touch. It's the only other instrumental track that I'm going to have on this. Now, again, like Domino, very synth heavy. It's practically all synths with the exception of a guitar solo at the end of it. The moment I heard this track, I was like brought in by the rhythmic pulse of it and Tony Banks's keyboards. It is my number eight and I love it. And I wish it would have still performed it after the initial tour. But I have to give it to the instrumental track, The Brazilian. I was to say, I, that almost made it for me. That almost made ah. it. I was listening to that song and I said, Damn, this is a good 
tune. Like I was, I liked it a lot, but there was other ones that were just a little bit better, but I agree with you. It's a great song. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is like that song has been used in a bunch of films and even TV shows. It was used in an episode of Magnum PI where Magnum is about to kill the guy who killed his wife. Yes. Apparently Magnum had a wife. I didn't know it, but (laughs) who knew? (laughs) It was in the soundtrack for a film called Where the Wind Blows, which was a British animated film that came out in the 1980s about an atomic bomb that goes off in England, practically killing everybody. I know. Great stuff, right? Fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't cover that one either for your show. (laughs) Great fun. No, definitely not. Definitely not. That's not a cheese movie. That's a uh, drink a bottle of cyanide movie. Anyway. Yeah, we, uh, we try to stay away from those kind of movies. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and it was also in a recent film on Hulu with Andy Samberg, Palm Springs, I think it was called. Yeah, apparently it was re- used recently in a film. So, oh, awesome. you know, I did not know that. Yeah, so it's good to know that that song is still being played. I love it. I think you should check it out. When they played it live, I have to give credit to Mike Rutherford. Obviously, Steve Hackett was my favorite guitarist in Genesis, but... To his credit, Mike Rutherford does a great guitar solo on it, especially live. So, yeah, check that one out. Number seven, Mastara. In Too Deep from Invisible Touch, which we'll see would be a, a repeating, um, you know, motif here. I think um, we're covering the entire Invisible Touch album. <laughs> we might be because it's amazing. It's a great album. Like, I, I know. don't know. I mean, I know there's purists out there, but I have it is a great album it's really about most of the nostalgia so little embarrassing story about me i'll give you um i used to cry at love songs when i was a kid i was too young to understand really what they meant or understand about love i was like four five and six years old but i remember listening to the song and sitting outside on my mom's picnic table and we had a radio and i just started to cry (laughs) i've always been very sensitive and um, it's a pretty song, but it, it is, you know, kind of sad. But I didn't really understand, like, why it was sad when I was a kid. I didn't really get it. But, yeah, so it made me cry when I was, like, five years old. I like it. <laughs> I love the song. And, I, hey, look, I'm not going to knock you for that. There's a lot of songs I choke up on. I'm not, <laughs> I promise you none of them are any emo bands. I promise you that. If I choke oh. up on any song, it's usually good stuff. I say that because I remember, oh, my God. Talk about wanting to like bash your head into a wall a year after 9-11 and MTV's doing sort of like a uh, uh, a one year later type thing. And all of a sudden, they're like, that's right. We're listening to what you have to say. Up next is uh, Screaming Infidelities by Dashboard, uh, Dashboard Confessional. I'm like, no, oh, no, man. no. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I'll take in too I, deep I, any day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just was, I, I just think it's funny because I used to cry. My mom would say, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you crying? And I'm like, it's just a beautiful song. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, nothing wrong it's with that. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. But you have a beautiful face. Please don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is probably the only song that deals with an edible complex for a prostitute. Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's Mama. Okay. Apparently, apparently this is about an edible complex for a prostitute is what initially what was written about it. It's crazy because I remember seeing this video back before I had cable when I was a wee tyke, you know, in the uh, in the in, in the borough of Queens, we had U68, which was a UHF channel. And they used to show music videos all the time. And one of them that they had on repeat was Mama from the self-titled Genesis album. And I remember I remember watching it. It was it was shot in sepia tone until the final verse where all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, it gets really heavy. And, you know, this is where Phil does that. (laughs) That scared the crap out of me. So. This was like one of the first Genesis videos I ever saw and one of the songs that made a huge impact on me. And I tell you this, they played this song was in the set list at UBS Arena and they killed it. Probably one of the heavier Genesis songs. Definitely one of my favorites. I saw that it was on the list. I was surprised that it was on the list. So, but we'll 
Yeah, no, I was actually surprised. Yeah, by the way, there were no songs from Abacab on the list. So <laughs> I saw that you had said that you were disappointed. So I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry that you didn't get to see that. But you got to see Genesis. So honestly, shut up. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I, you know what it was? It was just Abacab was my gateway album. It would have been cool to have heard a song or at least a snippet. But sure. trust me, I'm grateful for what I got. Number six. All right. My number six is Throwing It All Away. Same from Invisible Touch. Um, I randomly have this song stuck in my head at the weirdest times. I will be at school and all of a sudden, like, nothing will happen. It'll just pop into my brain and I'm just like, well, I know what I'm going to sing. But I'm kind of like in my head. Um, I don't know why, but this song for some reason, like, impacted me, obviously, when I was a kid. And like hearing it, obviously, it was on repeat, you know, <laughs> on the radio at the time. Mm-hmm. I just love that song. I don't know what it is about the song. I just like, it'll just pop into my head. And I'm like, I, it's got to go on the list, of course. And I think about it. I think about it too much. It's weird. So this is one of those love songs that gets me choked up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It just sweet. does. <laughs> it's a beautiful melody. It's funny. Cause like, I remember hearing it when my wife was pregnant with my daughter, we were going through a, t- a hard time at the time because of finances. You know I mean? New York's expensive yeah, and, you know, working in Manhattan for a company who could care less about you and, uh, you know, trying to pay a mortgage and trying to pay bills and trying to help take care of a family and stuff like that. You know, it's like it, it kind of hit me at a weird point, but uh, things are better now. And so it's OK. I'm no we're good. But I still get choked up every time I hear it. I mean, they, they played it at the UBS arena and, mm-hmm. you know everybody's holding each other and swaying and I'm just like, oh, that's oh so damn sweet. you, Phil. <laughs> I love that. That makes me happy. I promise you, <laughs> 2,000 children will be conceived tonight because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. For me, number six is your number 10, Man on the Corner. I didn't think we would overlap really very much, but I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> No, but a great haunting song. What I love about Phil, yeah, I, it's fine. I keep on giving him the credit. I mean, yeah, he's he's the vocalist, but it's really to the band. They really do write songs for like the every person. I, again, what you said before about like when it comes to their political stuff, how it's more universal and, you know, something that everyone could relate to. It applies for everything about their music. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're not preachy. That's what I love about it. And they just, you know, that's great. Definitely. All right. You're number five. My number five is Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Whoa. um, Invisible Touch again. It'll change again. I swear. It'll change again. (laughs) This is some more mixed in there. His voice on this song, and he always has an amazing voice, obviously. But for some reason, when he does that, oh, part, you know, (sighs) I mean, it is absolutely amazingly gorgeous. And like, you want to like wrap yourself in his voice. You know, it's, I just, I love it. I mean, it's such a, it's really is a beautiful song. I agree with everything you're saying, especially when you consider the fact that when that album was released, there was no auto tune. So everything, everything was recorded live in the studio, no matter how many takes it took. (laughs) He didn't have to go all T-Pain on the track, people. <laughs> no, I mean, that was like perfect. Just perfect, beautiful, perfect pitch, perfect notes. Hitting and just, uh, I mean, absolutely incredible. My number five is uh, the only other song off Abacab on this. And this was actually the first song that I ever heard from Genesis because it was the first video that I ever saw from them. And that's the song Keep It Dark, a weird one, (laughs) apparently about a guy who was kidnapped by aliens and gone to see a uh, world more gorgeous than his eyes had ever seen before. And I I swear, as I'm reading the lyrics, I'm just like, okay, sort of playing like a mystery. And I'm like, what, aliens? What the hell? (laughs) A great track. And his son, Simon Collins, actually did a really good cover of this one too i listened to that song it was very odd for sure not that i'm i'm not adverse to odd it was, but it was very strange oh it is and I started listening to the lyrics was like oh okay and that doesn't it's not why i didn't you know why i don't like it it's just it was very it's just a very strange song <laughs> it is 
It is. And I think that's why I like it. It's, <laughs> you know, well, you know, in 81, what else was out there at the time that sounded like that? Thriller and Pyromania had not been released yet. And, you know, those were probably two albums that like changed the shape of pop in the 80s. But, you know, for for a band like Genesis, who were still holding on to their progressive rock, you know, tendencies, it was a good attempt at writing a, a clever pop song. So, yeah. you know, weird, but good. That's good. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with weird. Your number four? The number four is That's All. Just a great song. I can't really say <laughs> why I like specifically the say. I mean, I love the the keyboard. I mean, it's just, it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's basic, just, but be great. Yeah, but I mean, there's just something about how, like, perfectly clean the notes are. You know, and it's just and his and the way his voice goes with the music, it's just very clean and to the point. I just I don't know. I just I love that song. I like the words. I don't really I don't really look into what songs mean so much. I just kind of take I glean from it whatever I want. And I kind of like it's like a no BS song. It's just like, you know, that's all. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we know we know the lyrics, but it's like, you know, it, it's that's the way it is. It's like, I, I don't know. I just like it, and again, you know, nostalgia. Also, no, I, 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 I mean, love... actually, that's from Genesis. Sorry, that I said it was the show. That's from um, the self-titled Yes, it is. I love that song too because it's basic. It's no nonsense. It's kind of cut and dry in terms of the meanings, right there in the lyrics. I love it. I would like to hear like, I don't know the the, the way that the song sounded back in '83. It's like oh, I could have heard one of the. Uh, country acts at the time cover this and it being a hit then again i could hear a rock band do it and same thing i mean keen covered it at the bh1 rock honors concert oh, really? and they did a killer version of it that's right i listened to keen too, people okay it's all good <laughs> <laughs> my number four is off of my favorite genesis album trigger the tail it's uh <laughs> i i didn't know how to pronounce it initially Cause I'm like, what the hell is this thing? And then, and then I read about what it was. And apparently there's a book out there, something about fantastical mythical beasts or whatever. Right, and yeah. apparently this animal, which it's not a real animal, but you know, what says in the book is apparently this animal is so aware of its own ugliness that it constantly cries at how ugly it is. And when it's captured, evaporates into a pool of its own tears that's to I know it's very sad <laughs> to escape from being captured. And that song is Squonk. Squonk. I knew you were going to say it. I was like, oh, God, I, I love Squonk. I can't help it. I look I at my sheets like and it. I think he's a he's a Squonk in modern day. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to like that song, but I see why you like it. I understand. You know what it is? I love the uh, the twelve string guitar in it, and you know just the ringing of the notes. I love it, and, and again, Phil just kills it with his singing on that. Not a fan of it, I assume. Are you? <laughs> well, I know I listened to it, and I really, really wanted to like it. And I there's parts of it, there's some aspects of it that I did, but I, I just I couldn't. It just it couldn't make the list. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't make the list. <laughs> I it, it's it's a weird one. I know, but I like weird. I've always been attracted to the weird i can't help it i mean i get it i like i love the weird too but we that's like a bit too weird, weird for her different she has weird. standard people <laughs> <laughs> hey listen my weird and your weird are different but they're both weird okay <laughs> but you know what i i agree to you enjoying your weird and having the right to enjoy your weird absolutely and same for you and you like you like my weird when we 20 years ago, you know, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Don't tell my wife I'm leaving. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't get me in trouble now, okay? Oh, wait, Aaron, you, you never watched this. <laughs> Don't uh, take, you got to edit that out. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, um, you're, right, you're right. number three, Miss Tara. All right, here we come. Um, so I've got to go with Invisible Touch from Invisible Touch because I'm sorry, it's an amazing song. It just is. It's fantastic. It's no, fun. You're it's wrong. Upbeat, it's poppy. It's, it's wonderful. You're wrong. It's not just an amazing song. It's one of the greatest goddamn pop songs ever written. Yes! <laughs> I'll give it that credit. Even though it's not on my top 10, I will still give it that credit. It is fantastic. It's just... 
if you put, if you listen, if it comes on the radio and you are a fan of this music. I mean, you know, obviously not everybody, but if you were a fan of this music, you are not changing the station and you are definitely turning it up. That's happening. Couldn't agree more. My number three starts off my favorite Genesis album, Trigger the Tale. I didn't hear about this song until... I got their live collection, Live the Way We Walk, Volumes 1 and 2. Volume 2 was called The Longs because it had the, well, the longer songs on it. <laughs> and this song actually kickstarted the old medley that they did on the We Can't Dance tour. But the moment I heard this song and I heard Steve Hackett's guitar playing for the first time ever, I fell in love with it and I said, you know what? I think I found my Genesis album. And that song is Dance on a Volcano. I don't know if it has to do with the fact that my parents were born on a volcanic island that is still active to this day. But I don't know, just parts of that song kind of remind me of my youth visiting that island. Dance, obviously, is a big part of Greek culture. Mm -hmm. Apparently, in my case, being from from a volcanic island is also a big part of my uh, (laughs) parents' culture. So, hey, the twain meet. <laughs> that's great. I I, I that's, yeah. I listened to that song too, and it was another another one that I was sort of happy to have listened to that I, I that I discovered. It's it's a good song. Definitely is. Bummed they didn't play it, but that's okay because I know if I see Steve Hackett live, he'll play it. So, Steve, <laughs> I'm coming for you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> better, better be listening. That's right. Oh my God! If I could get him on the podcast, I would like freak. So you never know. <laughs> I look like I'm about to commit surgery. You know, I should have just like <laughs> them. I should have just like put red paint on it and go, what body? And like, <laughs> what do you mean? What? No. <laughs> All right, you're number two. Uh, my number two is um, basically what I had said before. I love the political, non political, non invasive, non obnoxious. I know um, what she's going to pick, but I'm going to let her say it. Kind of music they do. Uh, Jesus, he knows me. I mean, not only is it a great, a, a great, the lyrics are great. The song is great. The, the, everything about this song is just great for me. Um, it's also another like really good, you know, uh, it's like I want to drive to the song, you know, like it's it's got a good beat. It's just, I don't know. You what? tricked and, me. Oh. Did I? Oh, I did? You tricked me. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick another one for your number two. Oh, no. Well, I'm curious. Which one did you think I was going to say? Land of Confusion. Okay. Well. Because uh, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the message in that song is so relevant today. <laughs> Absolutely is. We haven't gotten to the end yet, though. So. That's true. We haven't gone to Los Endos yet. And it was Los Endos. (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. I say what you did there. (laughs) My number two opens up their classic Foxtrot album. So now we're getting into the Gabriel era. Mm -hmm. When I first heard this song, I was, again, blown away because it was it was weird as hell. I loved the again, the pulsating rhythm of the bass pedals with the overdriven guitar and you know and and the keyboards just leading the charge and phil collins just doing some of the best drumming that i ever heard on on a track of course peter gabriel voice of an angel i i'm i love peter gabriel i always have this song is my number two it's watcher of the skies the band fish actually played this song when genesis were inducted into the uh rock and roll hall of sham i mean rock and roll hall of fame (laughs) And um, it was it was a good version, but, you know, nothing beats, you know, the the original band doing it. I could see Fish doing that song. I, I feel like there's I can. It makes sense. Does it not? I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fish fan. No offense to anybody. I'm not a fan of Fish, but um, it makes sense. Yeah. No, then Fish are good musicians. I mean, I'm not really a, a, a fan of the band, but. You know, I'll give credit where it's due. They are of course they're great incredibly musicians. talented. Sure, absolutely. It's just not my style, but yeah, I, it makes sense that they would do that song. So that's yeah. pretty cool. I have to, I actually I would like to look that up and like listen to that version. That's not an easy song to play, and if anyone could pull it off live, it would be, it would, you know it'd be them. Yeah, for sure. Hey, before Tara and I give you our number ones, we just wanted to acknowledge some of the Music Is Life podcast fans, friends, and supporters who were kind enough to give us their top ten. So we're gonna go ahead and read them right now. So we got Frank Junior Guerdon, his top ten, Supper's Ready. Keep It Dark, 
Paper Late, Misunderstanding, Abacab, Mama, The Carpet Crawlers, Firth of Fifth, Throwing It All Away, and Dodo Lurker. We've also got Joe Baca, who was cool enough to send us his list. He gave us Firth of Fifth, Dance on a Volcano, Watcher of the Skies, The Lamia, The Cinema Show, The Musical Box, Fly on a Windshield, Entangled, Return of the Giant Hogweed, and Down and Out. Mike Zaramatidis gave us The Brazilian, Follow You, Follow Me, Silver Rainbow, It's Gonna Get Better, Just a Job to Do, No Son of Mine, Home by the Sea, Tonight, 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 Me and Sarah Jane, and Land of Confusion. Also want to give a shout out to my wife, Erin Mavs, Erin <laughs> Michelle, Shelly Mavs, goes by many different names, but her top 10 is That's All, Throwing It All Away, Home by the Sea, Carpet Crawlers, Misunderstanding, I Can't Dance, Invisible Touch, In Too Deep, Land of Confusion, and Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. We also have Wayne Noon from Ratsai Review, who gave us his top 10, which includes Turn It On Again, Land of Confusion, Squonk, there you go, Supper's Ready, The Knife, Down and Out, Jesus He Knows Me, Home by the Sea, Abacab, and A Trick of the Tail. And finally, from the great Harry Barnett, who is Genesis? Thanks, Harry. So now that leaves us to our number ones. Here we are. Here we go. This is it. The big, the big number one, numero uno. Um, well, you already said it. And again, it's a little bit of a political song, but it's uh, definitely relevant. And I think it's been relevant for pretty much the entire time I've been alive. Um, I can't really remember a time that it probably wasn't, uh, but Land of Confusion. Not only does it have the most kick-ass video ever. Love the video. Slightly terrifying, just slightly terrifying. <laughs> but um, also, I mean, the song is just amazing. Not just the lyrics, the music, everything about it. It is, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, pretty much perfection. And it's a song you can dance to. And you can. <laughs> you can. It's got, got a good steady beat that you can actually dance to. Yep, yep, definitely. I, you're right. That vi- I, <laughs> I thought the video was hilarious when I first saw it, but I could see people being freaked out by it. You know, the... Uh, the, the oh what were they called the um there was the british spinning image was the name of the show and they're the ones who designed all those caricatures of the celebrities so yeah they were they were just i mean you know as a child it's definitely like that's not the puppets you used to seeing on sesame street (laughs) no it's not (laughs) a little creepy but i don't think any of the muppets tried to eat their own tongues in a uh, hot dog roll so nevertheless it, it sticks with you so it's good they did they made their point and they did their job so you know how many how many years later i still remember that video so i got asked did you like the disturbed version um i did not know there was a disturbed version but i had i i actually kind of like disturbed don't judge me um so now i'm gonna have to go <laughs> listen to it <laughs> all right yeah uh, it's on their uh 10,000 fists album it's all right it's good you know i mean yes i like I disturbed to- too <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge like Uber fan. I don't own any like CDs, but I, I mean, like like I own any albums. But when I when I hear a song, I mean, I generally I generally like them. So I'm now I'm gonna have to go and listen to that because that's kind of awesome. All right, sounds cool. All right, my number one. This goes back to oh god, we're going back 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> so this Let's is off it. of the album Nursery Crime which is the first album that has Steve Hackett and Phil Collins joining Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks, and Peter Gabriel as Genesis. The backstory of the song is apparently uh, these two kids are playing croquette. The girl decides to hit the boy's head with the croquet mallet and knocks his head, flies way off in the croquet field. The spirit of the boy comes back through the musical box and in the form of an old man and apparently tries <laughs> tries to have his way with the girl again weird as fuck but yeah the, the song itself is amazing i mean talking about going through different dynamics over the course of one song and it concluding to like this epic sound that apparently and this is on record influenced brian may when it came to his songwriting and guitar playing for Queen. Wow. And you can wow. hear that in this song. And to me, it's one of my 10, not just one of my, 
not just my favorite Genesis song of all time, but one of my 10 favorite songs ever written. And I have to give it to the musical box. I wish I could say I knew it. But I love it, what it's about. That's fun. It's <laughs> it crazy. Like, I, it I sounds swear like I a think... movie I would watch. Like it sounds like something interesting that I like to see on film. Actually. I think <laughs> Peter Gabriel was on some kind of like DMT. That too. Anyway. LSD, uh, I don't know. <laughs> all of it. PCP, LSD, TNT. Uh, you know, all, he was on all, that all the acronyms, whatever. <laughs> e-i-e-i-o anyway uh yeah it was uh crazy <laughs> shit you know it's funny live this is when peter gabriel started including costume changes into the band set list so he would actually like put on like an old man's uh face mask for like the last part of the song and just go crazy in his performance on stage and that's the one thing i've always loved about that lineup was the fact that they were so theatrical and the music kind of just spoke for itself. You know, every time I hear the song, it's like, yeah, you know, it's very rare where I get like the goosebumps uh, when I hear a song. This is one of those times that I do still to this day. And it's again, the song is 50 damn years old. I'll send it to you, by the way, so you could hear it. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. You, you know what I love about this? Uh, this episode is the fact that our lists were very different. And as far as I'm concerned, they're both just as relevant because if you notice, this isn't called the 10 best songs. This is called our 10 favorite songs. <laughs> I was like, my opinions are just that they're just my opinions. So that's what I was like worried about. I was like, you know, I, I was definitely concerned about people. Well, I mean, I can't be concerned about people. I don't really care. They're going to say what they're going to say, but you know what? I feel confident in my list. And I still have my honorable mention, which I, I'm excited to tell you about. <laughs> All right. What is your honorable mention? My honorable mention is Mama, actually. I know that you had said that you like that song. And I was getting excited when you were talking about it. And honestly, it got an honorable bit of an honorable mention from me because it is so fucking weird. And it is so dark and strange. And I was like, how do I not put this on my list somewhere? I have to. Within, I'm glad you did. It was just like such a fucking weird song. From the the music to the words to the shrieking. And the, I mean, I was like, this has to be on my list because it is just the weirdest. It's so bizarre and like kind of haunting. It was very haunting. So it had to, it had to be somewhere. You know, it wasn't one of my favorites, but I had to give it, I had to give it love. Because, like, what even is going on in that song? It's crazy. I'm glad you did. Thank <laughs> you. That's awesome. Song. And, you know, to add to that, by the way, these lyrics were, they were sung stream of consciousness by Phil in the studio, similar to how he did in the air tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, he was just thinking of words and trying to sing them in a pattern and see what fit. And this is what worked. And they took it. The man's got the Midas touch. What do you want? Oh. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you chose Mama, though. That's awesome. My honorable mention. And if anyone who's friends with me on Facebook, uh, they'll know what my honorable mention is. I was able to post the clip of it. The, the one section from the song that they played live at the UBS arena. But I love the song. And it's the cinema show, which has one of the best instrumental outros that I've ever heard. And again, I get it, okay? My tastes are different from everyone else. Yes, I like pop music, but I like weird shit too. And I like to give some <laughs> light to the weird shit. So sue me. <laughs> I, I think I actually, you know, the more I thought about it, like this, doing this, I was nervous because I was like, well, I'm not going to like the things that he does and he's going to think I'm, you know, an idiot just for liking the poppy stuff and you know it ended up being that i learned a lot i mean you're so knowledgeable so you know it's it's nice it's always nice to talk to someone who knows more than you do about something because like you know that's how you learn i thought it would be actually interesting like you know that we're we have different tastes like it's different you know we do definitely have like a different taste in, in music that can overlap in some ways but uh, you know generally i think it's pretty different and i thought it would be like a different a nice take on like somebody who's you know, probably way more as a genesis and like likes their older stuff and someone who's like, you know, discovering other things they didn't know about. So I don't know. I'm actually really like happy that we did that. We did this, honestly. Me too. And uh, I just want to go on record and say one thing. I, I will never knock anyone for their personal tastes in music because it's it's all 
It's all relative to what you like. I love the pop stuff too. I do. It just so happens though with Genesis, I admit I like the weirder stuff a little bit more. But I would never downplay anybody. Like like if you gave me like if 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 your first eight songs on the list was everything off of Visible Touch, that's it's still relevant because it's your favorite. Like I would never say, "Oh, what do you know? You don't." I hate people like that. I make it a point and say, "I'm not a music critic. I'm a music fan, and I love sharing my love for it with my friends and with whoever is cursed. I mean, happy enough to watch my podcast." So. Well, I know that about you already. I mean, I'm, you know, even though we barely haven't seen each other in 20 years, I do know that about you and that you're not a snob. You're not a jerk. You know, you've never been that way. And that's why I was like, you know what? I'll be fine. I felt comfortable and I was like, it's going to be fun and I'm going to learn something and that's it. And we're just going to have a nice time. I get to plug my podcast too. (laughs) That's what we're here to talk about. Your podcast. That's right. Just the cheese, please. Just the cheese, please. Soon to be heard on the Ratsaw Review Network. Whatever. Fuck you. Soon to be heard on the Ratsai Review Network. Fuck you. You can actually listen to some of the episodes that she has out right now if any on any available streaming audio platform. Just the yep. Cheese Please does have episodes that's out right now. And I'm so happy that you and Adam are going to get together and start recording new episodes again for your podcast and for Ratsai Review Network. I was talking it over with Wayne Noon, the grand poobah of Ratsai Review Network. And Super awesome guy, by the way. I never met him, but I just have to say, like, he's so nice and he's been very helpful and awesome. Just, just you know, thanks, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Wayne. You know, he's been wanting to have a movie podcast on a network for the longest time. And I said, you know, I know someone. But I'm not going to recommend him. I'll recommend Tara instead. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> Don't do that. He's trying to help me out. I don't want him to hate me. <laughs> No, I mean, at the moment I heard this and, and, and I heard the enjoyment in your voice and, and, and again, it was wonderful to hear your voice in an audio format. I was just like, you know what? It's got to be her, you know, and uh, Wayne, thankfully, uh, I conned him. I mean, he listened to me and uh, you're on board. And I think that's <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And, and it makes me happy to know that, well, we're going to be on the same network, which is wonderful stuff. It's amazing. Like you guys are so incredible, and this has been so awesome. Like seriously, it's it's just like I mean, and it, it all happens so fast too. It's like one day I'm sitting there and you know my boring life and come home from work, and the next next thing you know, it like <laughs> this is happening. Like how holy shit, this is crazy. That's but, right. Um, I'm I'm in I'm in it. I'm in I'm on I'm I'm on board. Like I got my seatbelt buckled. We're and we're taking over. Rat Side Review, baby. That's good shit. <laughs> we are doing it. And it's, it's NWO fantastic. for life. Anyways. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, there are three recommendations that I want to give people out there who may know the music of Genesis or may know some of the solo material of members of Genesis, but I think that they hold up with, you know, the band itself. The three albums that I'm going to recommend to people First off is Voyage of the Acolyte from Steve Hackett, which was his solo album that he released between Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and Trick of the Tale. I also want to recommend Unorthodox Behavior by the band Brand X. Now, this was Phil Collins's jazz fusion group from the 70s, and it's some of the best jazz music that you'll ever hear. The third and final album that I'm going to recommend is Peter Gabriel's self-titled 1980 album, which is also called Melt. The drummer on some of the songs for this album is Phil Collins. The significance is that this is the album where he discovered the gated reverb tone that has been most famously used on In the Air Tonight. That's where the sound for this comes from. I think it's pretty significant, especially considering it's the sound that pretty much shaped every album of the 80s. But I digress. We're going to wrap it up. <laughs> and uh, I can say, is that a- that's all. Uh- <laughs> that's all. Oh, sorry. That's, okay, <laughs> that's all right. Um, <laughs> Tara, where can people find out more about you 
and your podcast? You can find Just the Cheese on like pretty much any platform. Um, you know, Just the Cheese podcast on Facebook, but uh, on uh, iHeartRadio or um, I mean, I mean, like anywhere. You can really find Just the Cheese, please. And you can listen to some of our episodes. I think we've got like six or seven episodes up right now. Um, the next few episodes coming up will have good audio, so it won't be as annoying to listen to. But, well, unless you consider me annoying. But besides that, the audio won't be as bad. If you consider so, her annoying, I have uh, yeah. one thing to tell you. Read between the lines. Anyways. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty much anywhere. You know, we listen to Spotify. That's where I listen to all my stuff, is Spotify. So as we're different on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook, iTunes. So, yeah, I mean, check it out if you want to. It's a, it's a good time, you know. I well, I think so anyway. And I, um, you know, this has been so awesome. And again, thank you so much for tolerating me tonight. And uh, and Shout thank you for tolerating something. <laughs> and I'm learning experience, but this has been so 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 fun. Well, for me, it was a real treat because I got to reunite with a dear friend. It was a blast having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much. I love you. I miss you. And. I'm so happy that you're now a member of the Ratsai Review family. So welcome aboard. Thank you so much. So exciting. I feel like I need a tiara or something. (laughs) (laughs) Her name is Tara J. Her podcast is Just the Cheese, Please. Go check it out. As for me, if you want to know more about the Music is Life podcast, check us out over at musicislifepodcast.com. And again, go check out me and Wayne over at ratsireview.com where you can find out more about the network, including what shows we'll be broadcasting on an audio platform and on YouTube. It's been a crazy year and it's looking to be crazier in 2022, especially with all these crossovers and everything that we're having planned for the network in the coming year. Thank you for sticking around for the ride. And, you know, we're taking over. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Getting bigger. (laughs) Getting swole. No. Swole, yo. <laughs> swole. <laughs> Don't That's ever say right. that again. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> I've never swole. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> anyways, Tara J, thank you so much for coming on board tonight. I wish you a great night. Yes. Bye. <laughs> and remember, all art is valid. Take care, people. listening to the Music Aside podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm and Ratsaw Review. Check out the other shows on Ratsaw Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man Metals Musings, The Right Opinion, The Vieira Vault, The Timo Toki Podcast, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, and The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. Graphics by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find them on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by The Rebel Medium, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leuk, and Lou Mavs. If you'd like to donate to the channel, please donate to our PayPal at musicislifepodcast at gmail.com. If you're in a band and you want us to review your music, then contact us at Mavs at musicislifepodcast.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle. With much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, check out www.musicislifepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out www.ratsareview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers.